Today on Karina and Kirsten Get to Work, we are talking about toxic coworkers. You know you got them. You know when I'm growling, you got them. Welcome to Karina and Kirsten Get to Work. I'm Karina Hoyer. And I'm Kirsten Barron. And we are here to talk to you about ease, meaning, and joy for women at work. Woohoo! Because that's what we want, right, Kirsten? We want a lot of it. That is what we have dedicated our lives and our careers to. Kind of, sort of. That is. I know, I don't even Certainly say that. Certainly a big factor. Yeah, exactly. I love it. And here we are, talking directly to you and trying to hopefully help you, not hopefully, trying to help you get some ease, meaning, and joy in your work, too. And we are coming at you from the land of the Coast Salish people. So and grateful for it. And grateful for it. Mm-hmm. So there you have it. That is called an intro. If you're curious about how <laughs> podcasts roll, what I just did there was an intro. Now we're going to move into the body of the podcast, which is talking <laughs> about toxic coworkers. I love the way you came up with this. Yeah. It's well, it's the antithesis of the last show, the psychological safety in the team, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. So the show that we did about teams was, I mean, a lot of you loved it. I, it was forwarded. I got stopped on the street. People really, it really resonated. And I started thinking, God, if if teams, if the, if the secret to a successful team is psychological safety, then can we assume that teams are not successful when they have toxic coworkers? And so, yeah, thank Which you. Which is the antithesis is the to antithesis. psychological safety. Exactly. So thank you for uh, being willing to dig in and engage with me on this subject. And dear Lord, did we ever find the data? There is so much good information about toxic coworkers. Why? Because I think there might be a lot of toxic coworkers so out there. Yeah, I think it's a really, really big issue. Yeah. So today we're going to explore what toxic coworkers are, kind of who they are, what they do, how it feels to be around one. And how and do then, you deal with it? Yeah. And then certainly dig into what to do about it. And I have already said dig in twice. We've been recording for four and freaking I'm seconds. I'm sorry we can't drink because it's like before noon. I know. We can't make it into a drinking game yeah. today, Karina. I'm going to stop saying it and try to find <laughs> some other words. Before we do, though, you just said it was morning. You were just telling me before we uh, jumped on the microphones oh. about owning your mornings. Owning your mornings. It's so shocking to me how... Owning my mornings changes my day. What do you mean by owning your mornings? Like, I don't know, like getting after it, like, you know, getting up, having a cup of coffee, getting my exercise, meditating for 10 minutes, you know, going for a quick walk outside, making my bed or making sure my husband made the bed, you know, whatever. So, okay. So to me, that just sounds like morning. So what is owning it? Like, what is different? I think it means that you set your own intentions and have your own agency, which is the the alternative for me is I get up half an hour before I have to go out the door because I've been up late working or done something else. So I get up at eight o'clock and I have to be out the door by 830. So there's this whole weird mix of coffee and toothpaste and rushing and wet hair and I'm just like out the door in 30 minutes and I've done nothing to care for myself. Ah, that's it. 
there's nothing to care for myself. Right. I'm not ready. It's like if you start a fine car, you want to let it run for a minute before you go racing up your driveway. Yeah, and you got a fine I got a brain. fine car here. Got yeah. a fine vehicle. <laughs> you got and I fine. need to take care of it. You are looking fine. And so the Stoics say that own your morning. I mean, I yeah. So owning your morning for you is really like taking, making sure that you have enough time and space in the morning to do what you need to do to get grounded, to be ready, to care for myself, to care for yourself, and to get the most important things in the day done. And those most important things at the very beginning are for me. Yeah. How to take care of myself. And then I'm ready to go, like, as they say, eat the big hairy frog. Yeah. Shit, yeah, I love owning my morning. I think I've been making owning my morning like kind of. I think it comes a lot more naturally to you than it does to me. Yeah, I think, and and I know that day. I had one of those days just yesterday that I didn't own my morning, and I didn't recall, and, and I didn't have time nor space in the day until well into the evening to kind of re like look at what happened during the day, and I and I felt it mm-hmm. like. I um, just like to spend all day on your heels. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 And, yeah. And I felt it and kind of my brain was like going haywire and I just wanted to have a cocktail and go to bed. It felt, <laughs> no, I'm not joking. It felt no, totally different. I'm because I totally know. Yeah. It t- felt totally different. <laughs> I'm like, make it be over. Just can I have a cocktail in bed. Just I want it to be over. <laughs> yeah. And really, that is a shitty way. To live like this one day in front of you. I no. want it to be over. And not that we don't have those days, but let's just have as few as few possible. Few as possible. And so owning your morning. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. love it. And by the way, if you have a toxic coworker, maybe Makes it own- easier <laughs> to own if you own your morning because then you're ready to go. Yeah, way to segue into the topic of the day. Well, good for you, sister. And uh, I do. I love it. I love it. Mm-hmm. You know what I also love about you owning your morning what? is that you respond to my texts in the morning sometimes. Oh yes, you know what I mean. Like yes. I, because you're in, you're doing your own thing, and yes. so you'll you have a little bit of time and space. And I handle things, and you'll take care of me. And I handle things, yes. And I handle my personal relationships, as opposed to just like getting in with work or yeah. whatever it is. Yeah. yeah, it's wonderful. So as a friend, I thank you for owning your mornings. Okay, you want to toxic talks about? I want to talk about toxic coworkers. <laughs> it's really hard to toxic about toxic coworkers. We're gonna do that. I'm gonna do that like 500 times in this episode. That should be the drinking game for this episode. If we say talks about toxic coworkers, I'm telling you, we can't have a drinking game because it's the morning. I'm well, sorry, our friend. listeners might be listening to this in the evening, so well, I'm they can say. they can have at it. Okay, so what do we mean when we talk about a toxic coworker or employee? You know, I started talking to my kid about this, Spencer, earlier today, and I said, just exploring the topic, and he said he stopped me and he said, "Well, what do you mean? What do you mean by toxic?" That's your kid. Which I thought was a great question. That's your kid. <laughs> and what do you mean by toxic? Can you Let's tell me more about, about that, that, Mom? I want to get clear before we move on. And again, uh, you know, in my efforts to better understand toxic coworkers and especially how they impact teams, you know, I, I, I'm curious to identify this too because I don't think it's like, I don't think a toxic coworker is the per, is necessarily someone who's doing overtly unacceptable things all the time like i are periodically I, like it's yes. not a toxic worker maybe but is not necessarily always the person who is verbally abusive let's say or like you your example of like throwing the trash can right yeah, that's unacceptable that may be an asshole in the office but the a t- but toxicity is like I think about how like a toxic water supply. Yes. This is like pervasive. It's pervasive. Mm -hmm. It seeps. 
It's something that's you hard may not, to see or may, understand. Yeah, I was just going to say, may not even identify. Mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. yeah. There's no question that toxic coworkers can be easy to identify. Yes, the coworker who throws the trash yeah. can or yells or whatever. But I think the almost more painful thing are those folks that are slightly passive aggressive. Yeah. Or short. Yeah. Or curt. Or... Um, just engage in like triangulation where they don't ever talk to you about the issue. They talk about it behind your back. Yeah. Um, They won't take responsibility for their actions. Mm -hmm. So if you say to them, it felt like you were a little short with me there. Is there something going on? They're going to say, Oh no, there's nothing going on. Yeah. Right. I mean, yeah. Um, And of course, like, denying your reality like i just said that's gaslighting gaslighting. yeah (laughs) like no there's nothing happening here you're the crazy one yeah Yeah. okay so let's let's stop there for just a second so you said passive aggressive Mm -hmm. and at work that's like um no it's fine i'll just take that assignment it'll be fine Mm -hmm. or hey do you want to jump in on this decision with me i could really your input no, I'm good. You've got it. And then later they're they, going to yeah. like harbor some weird shit or like talk about you behind mm-hmm. your back. Back talking or talking about how you're behind your back is also, like you said, one of those behaviors. And then triangulation. I want to be crystal clear on that. I've used that phrase in um, team meetings before and not everybody understands it. So you can you just call that out one more time? Well, yes, it's like. I have a problem with you, Krina. Instead of coming to you and talking about it, I go talk to our friend Carrie about it. Right. And there's no question that sometimes like I might talk to Carrie about it because I'm processing something and I want her feedback or I want whatever. But I'm not expecting I still leave responsible to manage my problem with you. Right. 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 And I think triangulation is when I go drop it on Carrie and leave it there. Yes. And yeah, exactly. And in some ways, then start to use that. That is the base, mm-hmm. basis for building your relationship with Carrie. So then all of a sudden we have alliances being formed right. because of that toxic triangulation or toxic behavior. And it prevents me from really having a solid relationship with you yeah. that is built on trust and transparency and honesty because I'm over here having that conversation with another person yeah yeah so again a lot of this stuff that you just articulated is you know it's kind of happening over there Mm -hmm. and i might notice this or i might be on the receiving end of some of these behaviors but it's not the overt rudeness or unacceptable behavior Mm -hmm. that's going to immediately certainly be toxic behaviors yeah but i think what we're talking about here today is those more subtle things that are harder to put your finger on yeah Right. That, you know, rude, kind of unsociable conversation, speech, behavior. Um, And then also there's some of that, you know, taking credit for people's work or, you know, spreading rumors or, you know, being recalcitrant about something. All of those behaviors. Yeah. 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 And and um, I think I'm sure our listeners are thinking, oh, my God. First of all, I may have done those kinds of things in my oh, past. Oh, come on. We've all done right, them. Right, yeah. We've all done those things. And then there are others who are like, holy shit, I do work with that person. And and and, and again, this is not the one-off. Oh, just, the, the person who is the toxic person probably does not see themselves in those. The, those of us who can say, oh, I was short with her. Or, 
Um, yes. I was, I, those of us who can see ourselves doing that, probably not the toxic people. Right. Yes. And frequently, and in fact, we can talk more about this later. Frequently, toxic people are totally unaware of their impact mm-hmm. on others. Mm-hmm. It's like you can't, you like. That's the whole problem. That's one of the big <laughs> the problem. flipping problems. Yeah. Okay. So now, you know, we've kind of. Uh, you know, ex- exhaustively talked about toxicity, which I'm sure we could go on for another 45 I was just gonna say, minutes. Is that a judgment call? Because I feel like I could talk about I could the totally behaviors. talk about it forever. But that feels to me unproductive. <laughs> right. That feels to me like we're just grinding on something with an, in an unproductive way okay. to talk about all the people we've experienced in our lives who've been toxic. I can hear that. Right. OK, yeah. so we're just going to move on to something more productive because we are productive people. That's right. Right. OK. Right. Yeah. Just, so the effects. The effects of toxicity. Of course. It just sucks everything <laughs> out of you, right? All of the time, the money, the energy, all the stuff, right? Because you're spending your time either managing the effects of some toxic behavior or you're, you know, pissed off about it. Mm-hmm. But whatever is happening, you're not doing your work, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Can I tell a, just a little story here? Tell a little story. So... I, as a consultant now, I don't have a lot of direct experience with toxic behaviors um, unless I'm observing them. Mm-hmm. And, and and frankly, the impact on me as a consultant is different because I'm not embedded in anybody's office or business for a long period of time. But I can say when I was running a larger organization, there are a couple of coworkers or employees of mine that really exemplified this. And I think what you just said, so in one person in particular, did a fairly decent job. You know, when you measured their performance, like the work that they were going to be, they, they had to do on a daily basis, I really couldn't find a lot of fault. But the way they interacted with their coworkers and sort of the swath of destruction that they left behind them, the relationships mm-hmm, and the interactions mm-hmm. with people and the just the sort of seeds of discontent that they sowed along the way, created a situation where I would say at least an hour of every day of my day as a manager was dealing with or helping somebody process what had just happened, like what their, how their relationship had been in, like what their relationship was like with this um, toxic person. Mm -hmm. And then more time in my day would be spent thinking about how I'm going to address it yes how are you going to supervise Supervise this person how are you going to provide some sort of support to get this behavior to change yeah Mm -hmm. and so it's kind of you know again i have my own personal experience where just by being just by crossing your arms in a meeting by making crossing your arms rolling your eyes turning your body away yeah criticizing your coworkers, or silence yes that's my other favorite one which is the i'm not going to participate yeah that kind of behavior again it was not this like i a fireable offense but i wasted what i feel like wasted so much mm-hmm. time time trying to address these toxic behaviors both with the people who are impacted by them and with the perpetrator and i'm telling you like you said it sucked all the gosh darn time and money and energy out yeah. of my work mm-hmm. and and studies support this because mm-hmm. you're now spending a bunch of time on an unproductive place yeah. that's not moving the organization forward yeah so 
You want to give us the stats, Karina? Because, of course, we have them. Yeah, research. As we said, there's yeah, tons of research tons on this issue of toxic employees research, at work. Research shows that the, these destructive behaviors really, really just dramatically not only affect the people who are supervising, like in that case in my story, it was my time being spent, mm-hmm. but really affects the performance of those working alongside them. Um, there's an article called How Toxic Colleagues Corrode a Performance. And the authors polled thousands and thousands of managers and employees and coworkers and who were on the receiving end of this kind of what they categorized as antisocial Which behavior. Which I just love it because it's so encompassing. Yeah. Antisocial behavior. Yeah. Yeah. It's a really good term. Term. Um, by the way, somebody recently commented on that. I always finish your sentence. No, it's, well, yes, they, there's a bag that you and I have a back and forth and I just love it. When <laughs> <laughs> there's an example. KB finished my sentences twice. Okay. So they, again, in this poll, um, the people who were on the receiving end of this antisocial behavior from a colleague were it's indicated 48% of them indicated that they decreased their work and roughly the same amount dis- decreased their amount of time they worked. So nearly 50% of the people who are on the receiving end of toxic behavior are just like, whoa, whoa, whoa. They're, 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 they're losing 50%, almost 50% of their work time because they're dealing with the antisocial behavior. Yes. Which makes total sense. If you're not spending the time, your productivity is going to be decreased as well. Exactly. Mm-hmm. 38% of people decreased their work quality. So the, the stats I just said were the, the people backed off of the amount of time they were willing to, 50% of the people that were polled backed away from the amount of time they were willing to spend at the office. I don't think it's time they were willing to spend at the office, Karina. I think it was time they were spending in work effort. Oh, yeah. So you're at work. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're at work. And instead of doing your work, instead of taking care of that contract, mm-hmm. I, you know, you're commiserating about some antisocial nasty thing, something but did to you. Yeah. Right. I'm going to get a cup of coffee. I'm going to go decompress with a coworker. I got to go for a walk. I got to go for a walk. I got to go shop. Gotta, I can't keep getting distracted. So yeah. this is taking me three times as long to do. Yeah. Okay. That's good. 66% of the people polled said their performance declined. Like we just indicated there 80% of people lost work time worrying about the incident. Oh my. Just worrying. Which makes total sense because you commiserate. Yeah. Right. Yeah. About how awful that was. It's yeah. so interesting. I just had this conversation with my daughter who is in a group at school and one of the people in her group is a toxic co-student. Oh, I'm so sorry for I her. am too. Which is good call out because this can happen in other teams yeah. too, right? It's a toxic co-student and it's like the same thing it's distracting her it's impeding her learning you know she's um not she's spending time worrying about it thinking about it how she should address it Mm -hmm. it's so interesting when she called me to talk about it i was like you have an exam in one week so you just need to suppress this yeah you just need to keep putting it out of your mind, out of your mind, out of your mind. Maybe you can deal with it next week, yeah, but not this week. So I watched it and heard these very same things, spending less time, less productivity, making less progress, all of it. And focusing on the thing that is not it, serving her. It feels so bad 
God, when someone does this, when someone is short or gets after somebody for making a mistake in a way that is unfair. Or who you can't Mm -hmm. trust. Well, that's the fundamental part, right? The antisocial behavior leads to a lack of trust. And we know from teams that that's like that psychological safety, that trust in a group is just fundamental to us as humans. Yes. And in fact, okay, so just back to these stats for just a second, uh, 78, so nearly 80% of the people who... Uh, were on the receiving end of this kind of behavior, lost their commitment, said their commitment to their organization declined. Mm -hmm. So in addition to... And then they also spend time avoiding the person. Yeah, yeah. so... (laughs) Because who wouldn't? Listen up, managers. If you've got a toxic coworker, the people who have to work with them are not getting their work done and they don't really like their jobs. I can say that right now. Mm -hmm. But what's interesting, and again, back to this Teams, there was a, a... article that was written at, um, by a woman named Abby um, Chavez. How do you pronounce that name? Oh, Abby Kernow Chavez. Yeah. And she she wrote, she has done some research on this as well and kind of in supporting this psychological safety comment you just met, made a minute ago. She says the single most important factor in team success or failure is the quality of relationships on the team. Which we know from last right. episode. And those relationships have to be uh, safe. So back to quoting her, in fact, 70% of the variance between the lowest performing teams and the highest quality teams, highest performing, highest performing teams are the quality of those relationships, not some relationships, not most relationships, but all of them. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, again, she's saying that toxic, so one toxic team member is all it takes to destroy a high-performing team. And I, I don't know that these terms are her terms, but this is the first time I had seen these terms on teams, the saboteur team yep. versus the loyalist team. Yes. Which I love the way that is because saboteur does communicate. It just takes one yep. to sabotage what's the going on. The whole enchilada. Right, to, to lead to a lack of performance, a lack of commitment, all of the time, energy, money, sucking things that happen. And the loyalist team, which is we're all in this. Yep. We're all loyal to each other. We're all taking, you know, we're all looking out for each other. Your success <clears throat> is my success. Your success is my success, right. Yeah, and she's saying... And if you have a toxic team member, one, you have a saboteur team. Your your team will become focused on personal wins. You will have a watch your back attitude. You know, your behaviors will be blaming others and yada, 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 all that stuff we just said. And by the way, we have not used the word drama yet. Oh. And that is a word that um, Kernel Chavez uses is the drama in a saboteur team. And I realized, wow, we need to just call that out because it does the toxic coworker creates so much drama. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I had a recent... And not Downton Abbey kind of good drama. No. Not romantic comedy drama uh, or whatever it is. I have a story. Okay. I have a story about the saboteur, which is so fascinating. So um, I have a client that has a very small... One of their teams is a very small team of about six workers and great relationships brought in a new person first 90 days went great 90 day review probation is over the person is now in the job quote unquote permanently and all of a sudden came out with all of these toxic Mm. behaviors Oh, oh my god like I'm telling you like a light bulb turned on and Passive aggressive, short, rude, saying things under her breath like, 
this is ridiculous. My job, da 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 da. I mean, and it was oh my God. so shocking that the manager said, I am just taken aback because she had literally the day before checked in with the employee in the last end of day review and said, How's everything going? It's going great. So I just want to say, like, we do, I often believe that toxic coworkers are not self aware, mm. but I have this kind of belief based on that experience mm-hmm. now and it's anecdotal but that this person was very aware mm. of how these behaviors distracted from her performance or made her feel powerful mm. or something because she kept a lid on it until she yes. was in the safety zone yes and then the manager did a great job because she just really came right in right in the bullseye and said hey these behaviors are not okay I'm going to discipline you for engaging in this behavior. Mm-hmm. And I, I want to know why you're doing it. Gosh, that's awesome. I want to know what's going on here. Why are you unhappy with your job? Why was Monday so different than Tuesday? Yeah. And, you know, to this person's credit, she apologized. And in fact, I'm going to do a check-in and see how it's going. Yeah. But it's a very interesting story about toxic coworkers that I just had this experience with. It yeah. was very different than other experiences. And how the one person, mm-hmm. the one person may have had significant impact on whether or not that team is a loyalist team or a saboteur team. On Tuesday afternoon, yeah. one of the reasons this manager was so upset and called me was because she had three texts from her employees that said, it's pretty tough in here right now. She was out at a meeting oh. and had three texts that said, pretty tense in here. So it was like that's half her team yeah. was reaching out after just a few hours to say this is messed up. Yeah, this person fl- yeah. Is, yeah, flipped on a dime. Um, oh, I can't wait to find out what happened. Me too. You know, and interestingly. It's like a good story. Yeah, it's a really good story. Like a story. And people get in that situation and, they're, they, and they don't always address the behavior. So good on that manager that you were talking to for doing that. And sometimes they don't address the behavior because they're, they don't know how. Sometimes they don't address the behavior because they are, it's they don't scary. see it or it's scary. It's so scary to talk to people who behave like this because you just don't know what they're going to. Right. Because they're unpredictable because you can't, and you can't trust their behavior. Um, yes. But here's the interesting thing. A lot of times, and this plays out, I do see this, frankly, in my client base, is we don't address that behavior because that person is a top performer. Oh, Because yes. we are willing to, in many ways, accept toxic behavior from the person who brings in the sales or brings in the people or his who is beloved by the community mm-hmm. but is seeding, so, mm-hmm. sowing seeds. Have I already used this analogy? Yeah, who's sowing seeds of discontent, you know, sort of mm-hmm. in, uh, among the office. So in our research for this show, too, we did look at. I also want to just call, before you go into the research, I just want to say one top thing performers. Yeah. really quickly is I've seen organizations that put up with the toxic top performer and that sets a behavior or an environment mm-hmm. for toxicity that then non-top performers engage in toxicity. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Yes. So just because I think it spreads toxicity. I do. It does. I am laughing because I have literally told more people than I care to admit or fewer people who have listened to me because I don't <laughs> think I was taking out away with this that what you have just done by allowing that behavior, you have signaled to every single okay. person that it's okay. And in our baser moments, all of us, as I said in the beginning of the show, 
want to can be short. Yeah. Want to just lash out. Yeah. Want to be sarcastic. I mean, I just don't know anybody that doesn't have that in them at some point. Yeah. I've even said like, well, at least we know you can like we know, you know, there are no limits. Mm hmm. You know, we're not, no one's going to get fired. So we can all just let it hang out here. Right, exactly. You know, because if you're going to allow that, you're going to, you know, you're signaling it. Right. And, you know, they say. We can be careless, careless and inconsiderate in our relations with our coworkers. Yeah. That's what that says. Yeah. Yeah. We can be careless and inconsiderate. That's fine. We we tolerate that. No problem. So sad. But 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 back to the toxic top performer. We do frequently, we accommodate for or allow for certain behavior, whether it's your coworker or your manager or your subordinate. And a lot of times we allow it to happen. It's because it's because this person is we is bringing perceived value elsewhere. And so we don't have to dig too deep into the toxic top top performer, but know that study after study after study has been performed to take a look at, well, yeah, but do the benefits really outweigh the negatives? And what folks have found all along the way is regardless, is that this behavior has a far greater impact uh, a ne- the negative behavior has a far greater impact than the positive things that top the performance bring. that they bring to the workplace. Yeah. Yes. So basically, this is shorthand to say, or that's longhand to say, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what value you think they bring. Th- these toxic people are creating such havoc within your organization. They can't. You got to address it. What I love about this is it is contrary to our assumptions. Mm-hmm. So the data says. No matter how good somebody is, it does not justify their behavior. Yeah. And what I found really interesting when I was reading on this toxic top performer concept, there is a lot of data out there that tells you how to avoid mm. hiring mm-hmm. the toxic worker because when you don't, there's something like there is a, it's like, the savings can be twice as much in avoiding the toxic coworker as finding the star performer, mm-hmm. right? So just this idea that the savings from avoiding a toxic coworker are so significant. And there's some really good information. We should talk about hiring decisions in some episode, but about how to avoid that yeah. hiring decision, Yeah. right? Yeah. But it's interesting, though, because a lot of the there is this paradox for leaders and people who are making hiring decisions. Mm -hmm. Some of the qualities and traits of toxic performers make them seem very attractive at the hiring process, Mm -hmm. at the hiring, Mm -hmm. you know, when you're hiring and also kind of when they're embedded in your work. They're charismatic frequently. They're manipulative. Mm -hmm. They're really good at sort of. Uh, shining on shining for you, on mm-hmm. for you. Mm-hmm. and so it's it is it's a tough thing to tease out when you're in an interview process what you're really looking for is you're looking for somebody who's self-aware yeah because toxic coworkers typically aren't self-aware yeah and you're trying to tease out you know narcissistic tendencies how much do you care about other people yeah Right. And antisocial behaviors and antisocial behaviors. Yeah. yeah. And those are difficult to do. Uh-huh. So what if you don't what if we don't weed them out or what if I'm at a workplace, you know, that mm-hmm. has to- a toxic team member? You know, part of what I feel like the work to be done is uh, part of the work to be done. I feel like let me rephrase that is like pres- self-preservation. Right. You, there's one thing you have to do, and that is try to disconnect or disassociate with which is really hard to do 
Yeah, it is a really, really hard thing to do. But we know from other data on mindfulness Mm -hmm. that the more you suppress it, like even when you start thinking about it, Mm -hmm. just suppress it, Mm -hmm. just suppress it, just suppress it. But there are things that we can do that are more proactive, right? Yeah. There are things to do. I mean, yeah. so this is the hard, I think that for me, this is the hardest one. And it is to go have the conversation. Like you're um, the manager. The manager to go sit down and say, hey you know, that was, that was, that felt weird or whatever, you know, to say, I, I have had those courageous conversations where I've gone into a room and said, Hey, it looks like you're angry at me. Can you tell me why you're angry? And then having somebody say, I'm not angry with you. And then I can say, well, then why were you short with me? Tell me about that. Or why Mm -hmm. were you this with me? Either something's going on with you or with me to create this behavior. Mm -hmm. Right. But in order to detach and to have that conversation, you just have to be so self-aware, mm-hmm. calm, all those things. Centered. Centered. And here's the really hard thing about those conversations with toxic coworkers is it's really likely it's going to go poorly. Yeah. And but they'll probably turn it on you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But you have to try. You really do have to try. I mean, I think you have to try. I think it has to be the a safe environment. can't see. <laughs> You're rolling well, your eyes. I rolled my eyes. I'm like, yes, we do have to try. But I just want to say it's it's really hard. Mm-hmm. And there may be times when you shouldn't. Yeah. yeah. I just want to say that there are times when it's like, and by the way, if you've tried three times, maybe not the fourth or fifth. Well, and I think, you know, we don't want anyone to enter into something that feels very unsafe. It's, you know, or if this is your boss and it's going to put you in a position where you're going to lose your job. Like, like we don't want to force a conversation, but really we can't. We, the place to start, if you can, is to identify the impacts of this person's behavior mm-hmm. and help them become aware. In fact, I read somewhere that if you don't attempt this, you're like 100% guaranteeing that nothing will change. That nothing will change. That's true. And, you know, yeah. that's a good way to put it. Like, you can't, well, we can't just pretend it's not happening and expect it to change. You do have to address it head on. And, you know, honestly, you may be modeling behavior that you want to replicate. Look, highly functioning office, like people who are in what they are calling loyalist mm-hmm. teams, right? People who are supporting one another frequently give feedback. I significantly. It's like 106 more times to give feedback. So when you engage yeah. in these kinds of conversations about toxic behavior, it's going to help you identify whether somebody's having a bad day and can take your feedback or whether they're a true toxic coworker. Ah, right. That's right. Because this is like willingness and ability mm-hmm. to are you re- having give a bad receive day feedback. Or are you just a cruiser? You just, yeah. Getting ready. Do I need to get, yeah. Anyway, t- do we need to take action? So honest conversation mm-hmm. that is important, not in all, and not comfortable in all cases, important. The other one I think is interesting is really thinking again about yourself, your own behavior and raising your game. Do not sink to the level of those toxic behaviors. And dig, dig, dig deep into empathy. Yeah. Right? Like that's the thing too. Not for the other person, just for their person to say, oh, this is a, this is the cesspool they're living in. Yeah. But also for yourself. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. 
Oh, it's so hard. But if you do keep your ego in check, and like you said, practice empathy, assume the best intent as best you can, stay above the fray. My dad used to say, be the better man, Karina, which drives me crazy because I'm not a man. But I get the point he was trying to make, Mm -hmm. which is like, you know, be the better person in this situation Mm -hmm. and rise above it. If you do that, you are really signaling that you're willing to work on yourself. You're more likely to work hard to sort of build, build team, build relationships and not stoop to the level. And oddly enough, and I've said this, I think, on the air before, I feel like we are always sort of loosely interviewing for our next job, our next role, our next position when we're at work, Mm -hmm. right? The behaviors that you display say a lot about you and will either open or shut doors for you. Mm -hmm. So if for no other reason, by staying out of the fray and kind of cruising above the level of tox, you know, that this toxic uh, coworker is engaging in, it says a lot about you. Mm -hmm. It it really does. You know what I mean? It gives, it will get some... By doing that, you signal to your coworkers, your boss, your clients, your colleagues, that's not me. I can be trusted. And, you know, you're also evidencing some positive ways to deal with that behavior. Yeah. Right? You're just articulating some positive ways so it will be less damaging. Yeah. What if you can't? Well, you know, and by the way, I don't think either of us are saying suck it up and deal with it. No, I'm not saying suck it up and uh, no, but there are obviously we talked about talking to the person themselves. Yeah. And of course, you can talk to your boss about it. Yeah. You can talk to the person who's the supervisor and figure out what is all this? You know, tell, can I have some feedback? Can I give any strategies for me, et cetera, et cetera. I'm not coming to tattle on somebody. I'm coming like people did to you, Karina, yeah. to figure out how do I deal with this person, yeah. right? Because then the person who's supervising has more information. So there's those two things I think you can do. But, you know, honestly, it's not about sucking it up. It's about practicing inside yourself different strategies mm-hmm. to lessen the impact, which I don't think is sucking it up. Yeah. Okay, good. I wanted to make that distinction. Yes. And also living within the values, like being true to your own values and who you are mm-hmm. is different than suck it up and deal yes. with it. Yeah. Okay. It's not just like suppress it. I mean, although I do, like I said to my daughter, like you got something to do right now. Yeah. You better get to that. Yeah. And then after you've gotten that done, get on to the thing that then, then deal with it. Yeah. Right. We can't always deal with everything in the moment. Mm-hmm. And I don't, so, that, so maybe there was a little bit of that suck it up. I should probably just own that. Um, but I don't think that's the strategy long term. No, that was a short term strategy. I got to suck. Sometimes, you know, if you've been if you work with a toxic coworker, it has a psychological crazy. It makes you, you know, crazy effect on you psychologically is what I meant to say. You'll th- that's what you're going to lay in bed and process. You no. Know, remember when there we had the fires here? Yeah. Or it's you're in a really smoggy city. Yeah. And you're just breathing that smoke or that smog in mm-hmm. over and over again. And at the end of the day, your throat is hoarse, you feel raspy, you're tired, and mm-hmm. you have a headache. Yeah. That to me is the metaphor for the toxic coworker. It yeah. just kind of seeps into your pores and your lungs and your nose and your eyes, and you end up the day 
just feeling crummy. So get out the eyewash. Yeah. Right. Um, shut the windows and doors, <laughs> put your boundaries up, you know, yeah. all of those yeah. things yeah. to deal with that toxicity. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, like, and, and so if this is something you're processing as you're going to sleep at night, you do want to shove that down. You do want to try to eliminate it and suck it up for the evening or whatever. But that, like you said, it's not a long-term strategy. Mm-hmm. By the way, it's a great analogy because smoke or smog is an, uh, you know, an air pollution. It's, yeah, a, it's, it's an a air toxic toxin. shit we breathe. Mm-hmm. This is just toxic uh, people we interact with. I think the final thing in, in if, you know, in uh, dealing with toxic people and frankly this is not the final thing there are so many <laughs> other things that managers can and should be doing and coworkers can be doing as well but but honestly none of them are going to work if you don't take care of yourself and that's kind of what i was saying yeah. it's like get the eyewash out yeah. shut the windows and doors keep as much of it outside of yourself as you can Right. Because um, sometimes there isn't anything you can really do. And so then we know that the only thing we have is our own agency. Yeah. Our own ability to deal with our internal life. Yeah. Right. Yeah. There are so many wonderful people at work Mm -hmm. that do such great and amazing things that are such great coworkers and so kind and so interesting. I know we focused on these toxic folks Mm -hmm. because they do have such an impact, but I also think we want to minimize them because we want to let all that other great stuff at work come out. Yeah. Right. So can I... Can I just do a quick round of a few more things that came to quick mind? Quick round, about? absolutely. So in in service of what you just said, I will say one of the things I want to offer people is spend twice as much energy focusing on the good as you do the bad. So if you've got positive coworkers, start talking about them, start thinking about how, and start engaging with them more, and create for yourself the community around you that buffers you from that toxic person mm-hmm. find ways to avoid them and and when you engage with those coworkers, do not engage around the negativity of the toxicity right, right engage around something positive yes oh my gosh thank you so much for planning that hike that was really fun yes. or wow that was a you really really outdid yourself in the birthday celebration this month whatever it is right right yeah you were rocking the sales mm-hmm. this week i love the way you did that presentation so buffer yourself from the toxic person find the community of positive people and focus on them mm-hmm. you know and and also try to find ways if you are in a position of leadership find ways to isolate the toxic people i mean if you're in a position of leadership you need to be dealing with this shit no matter what mm-hmm. but honestly recognizing that this toxic person has a, such a huge impact on your staff and the people around them we want to minimize that as much as we possibly mm-hmm. can even while you're trying to eliminate it um also, again, don't be, build relationships that are based on, you know, all of us dealing with that toxic person, because when that toxic person leaves, you don't have, you know, we want your relationships built on all of the great stuff. Um, I also think that acknowledging that this is real in your office, if you have somebody who's exhibiting these behaviors and not just ignoring it or telling yourself it's that you've done something wrong or expecting it to just sort of eventually go away because it doesn't. And so, you know, I think especially as women, we think, oh, I might have done something to deserve that. Or, oh, maybe I, you know, maybe I could have perceived this differently or whatever. 
own the fact that this shit is happening if it's happening to you and don't try don't minimize it because it is a big deal um and again back to that you know and, and also take care of yourself along the way absolutely yeah Anything else you want to say about this, KB? No, I have finished my conversation about toxic coworkers, and I will be moving on to something more positive. <laughs> thanks for being willing to talk about this Absolutely. with me. Absolutely. I think it was a really good topic. Thanks for bringing it up, friend. All right. Thanks for listening, folks. Take care. Krina and Kirsten Get to Work is recorded and produced by yours truly, Krina Hoyer and Kirsten Barron. Find all of our episodes anywhere you listen to podcasts. You can also find us on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, on our website, or email us at yougettowork at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. listening.